Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. The Bulls makes the catch, dives ahead, is he in? Yes, and your biggest heartbreaks. For the first time in program history, Charlotte beats a Power 5 opponent. Club lit indeed. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. College football is here. It's everybody's favorite intro. We're coming back. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. In fact, I was just talking about college football video games. It's something we probably bring up once every two weeks at least, at least once every month. Except this time, I was talking about college football video games with one Evan Smoke Ludwig. And he and I both share an affinity for one game in particular College Football 06. Smoke, you agree with me that that's the best video, the best college football video game of all time? Absolutely. It is, as one Wes Bryant would say, straight fire. <laughs> there he is. There's the voice yeah, of one Wes Bryant. Or should I say EJ Manuel hopping on with I us. know, right? I know. A lot of people. I had to get them this morning, man. People hit me with that all of the time. And I was like, man, I got to I gotta let him know that he may have a doppelganger. Or he, maybe he's my doppelganger. Yes. Yeah, so so for those that don't know, before we dive into team week here, talking about the Charlotte 49ers, the defensive side of the ball, I saw Wes Bryant put on his story a side-by-side photo with E.J. Manuel because so many people mistake Wes Bryant or say that he looks like the former Florida State quarterback. What did he have to say when he brought that to his attention? Yeah, first he said he didn't quite see the resemblance, and then he compared me to somebody else that he played with. But then once I snapped the picture, he said, you know what? I can see a little bit of the resemblance as you take the picture. And then him and Eric McClain, when I told him I had turned 40 a few weeks ago, they said I looked like I was 21. Yeah, a lot of people... Man, I'm telling you what, Wes probably has the biggest age gap from what people think he is to what he actually is. This is very, very true. I mean, how many people have guessed your age correctly or even been within five years of it? Yeah, none. Not many, man. I attribute it to great, great genes. Like I said, you can my, say it. Say the phrase. Grandma say was, the phrase, Wes. <laughs> what's the phrase? Say the phrase. Come what? on. Black don't crack. That's, That's right. This is true, too. Yeah, my great-grandmother's like that. My grandma, my mom, like I said, yeah. man, I, I look at my mom sometimes. I'm like, when are you going to start looking old? It just hasn't happened. I knew you were going to. I figured you were going to say it because you've said it a couple of times, and apparently it is true. Yeah. I just remember Willie P. hopping on with us, and he said, I'm older than both of you guys. And like, nope, no, not, not so really. much. Not, not Wes. Really, baby. Wes is a little older than you are, Willie. <laughs> All right. I love it. <laughs> let's continue with Team Week. This time we're talking about the Charlotte 49ers defense. And, Wes, I saved the worst for last. Just okay. for you, because we went over the offense yesterday. Okay. Even if it's not great, it was a lot better than what Charlotte 49ers defense was just last season. I'm going to read off some of the stats. It's atrocious. The depth chart for the Charlotte 49ers defense, it will change you know, pretty much every game in. They're going to try to figure out who the guys are going to be that you can depend on week in and week out. You have some new transfers coming in. But what's the good news about their defense from last year going into this year? you feel like the only way they can go is up. 
because this was a group that finished 127th in the nation in total defense, 128th in the nation in scoring defense. And if you look at how bad they were at defending the pass, you could see USF had the second worst pass efficiency at 163, and Colorado was the only other team in the 160s alongside Charlotte, who had the worst pass defense in all of college football. The only way they can go is up, West Bryant. Well, I think that, too, you got to start with 17 sacks on the season. They play 12 doggone games. you got to get more than one sack a game if you want to be a quality defense. And a lot of people always say it. It's been an age-old phrase, but the game starts up front, okay? And so on the defense, it starts with that pass rush. And if you can get home with four guys, then you're off to a phenomenal start as far as how good your defense can be. Charlotte, clearly by the numbers has not done that you see the interceptions for them seventh in conference USA only nine of those so Charlotte's got to get some pass rush but they've got a lot of help on the way when you talk about the transfers led by I hope I say his name right Yabi Oki yeah uh, they people came, are really high on him. they came from Michigan I mean he's going to have a lot of pressure on him to provide the pass rush and be the catalyst for this unit because plain and simple they have another season that's half as bad as this it's not going to be very, very good. The conference leader was Middle Tennessee State. They had 36 sacks, so that's a 19 sack difference for those of you out there who are uh, going to math class every day uh, between them and the leaders of that conference. But those are very paltry numbers, to say the least. I mean, only 97 yards worth of sacks they've given up, man. You've got to be able to apply pressure on opposing offense. I just wanted to clean up some of the stats I was referencing. I didn't do a great job at it the first time. Let's see if second time is the charm. Charlotte had the least efficient pass defense in the nation. It was not close. The secondary's pass efficiency defensive rating was 173.38. USF had the second worst pass efficiency at 167.93. Colorado, the only other team in the 160s as I was referencing. Charlotte, the only team in the 170s. That's how bad it was. So you ask, how does it get fixed? Well, you can start by stopping the bombs. This is what was going on. They just kept connecting downfield with the opposing offense. And what happened was some of the short plays that you would actually be able to contain, well, they would end up racking up yards after the catch. The 49ers allowed 9.7 yards per pass. It was the worst by a mile ahead of Coastal Carolina at 9.2, and that USF reference I had at 9. So you're almost giving up a first down every single completion that you give up, and it was the worst mark in all of college football. I do think that Biff Pogey coming over, being the head coach that is, as we've referenced before, so football coach, how he wants to establish the run, how he wants to play sound defense, and he wants to control the time of possession. This is going to be very different from what Will Healy wanted to do. Even if he said that he wanted to have a strong running game, I'm not sure that he drifted away from that as much when you had to throw the football constantly, and the wide receiver group was among your strengths a part of this football team construction. Defensively, I expect them to be a lot better. Some of the transfers coming in, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. this is going to have more talent, and that's why, on top of them just not being able 
able to go any further down. This is why I think you can expect better things in 2023. Well, this is the thing. They they have around 40 players who have departed the program. The article came out in the Observer uh, around a week ago, and so that's the thing, man. They're doing addition by subtraction, so you've got a whole new unit, and so it's hard to gauge really what you're going to get from this defense with so many new faces. So many of these transfers just litter. You look at the depth chart um, according to our lads right now, and you've got so many starters on that defense that are going to be transfers. You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys on that defense that are looking to infiltrate and make an impact, and several more, around six or seven, that are in the second unit. So this is going to be a brand-new unit. Can they get the chemistry together? Can they come in and, and just figure out what it is that's needed? And a lot of times with defense, man, you got to go back to the basics. Give them a simple scheme. Don't make them think a lot. Let them run around. Man, I, I make defensive players that sound really bad on this radio. Between my academic school's defensive line take and then saying keep it simple Let's for just the say I'm glad you are here for Jared Verse because you basically <laughs> called him dumb by calling all defensive well, he, linemen he's dumb. A, he's a sharp guy, you know, and I, and I will say that. But no, but plain and simple, you've got to be able to give these guys a, a good, simple scheme, uh, especially at first, that they can run around in and know what they're doing and feel comfortable with it, man. So they, this is going to be a fascinating development to watch when you talk about Charlotte this year and how they're going to be able to get this defense to be better than it was a season ago. Well, and last thing I'll reference, too, is now that you have a different defensive coaching staff, it was so bad under Will Healy. You had guys like Brandon Cooper, Marcus West. They were co-defensive coordinators, one in charge of the front seven, one in charge of the back end, and neither one of those units were particularly effective. And anybody that was successful, you were doing it with the recruits, really brought in by somebody like a Brad Lambert. Last thing I'll go to is, I've talked a lot about Alex Atkins, who is now the co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach down at Florida State. You just heard me talk about him with Jared Verse, how much Verse respects someone like Alex Atkins. How about Wake Forest coach Glenn Spencer? He was the defensive coordinator at Charlotte, and that was the last time that you could feel really good with some talent like Alex Highsmith. You had Jeff Gemmel at the linebacker spot, and Jawan Foggy was one of the more versatile players in all of college football, being lined up in a whole bunch of different spots and being a bigger dude that also had like five interceptions despite looking like a linebacker. And Glenn Spencer knew what to do with a lot of that defensive talent. You've had good coordinators before. You feel like if it could just all come together now under somebody that is running the program that you respect, like Biff Pogey, hopefully it all can work out for the defensive side of the ball with the Charlotte 49ers team. We're actually going to wrap up quickly because on the other side of the break, Wes, you're back just in time. Riley Leonard, quarterback for Duke going to be hopping on with us, and uh, we can see the love fest between Yeah, we two. just had a, a, a little bit uh, back in our room in the ACC Digital Network, so more of Riley and Wes coming. He's not going to replace Wes and Walker, but more of Riley and Wes coming up here soon. All right, that show debuting, coming up next here live at the Wested <laughs> Uptown Charlotte Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. 
Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm still back. I think it actually will be a three-man interview. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Once again, we're at ACC kickoff live at the Weston Uptown Charlotte. We appreciate listening to us for a couple more segments. Riley Leonard, quarterback for Duke, scheduled to join us here soon. And I feel like Riley Leonard is a good candidate for this next question. Even if he doesn't feel that way, and we'll let you know why in just a moment as soon as he joins us. But I was asking Taylor Tannenbaum, who joined us in the 1 o'clock hour, Wes, Mm -hmm. who she thinks is the most disrespected figure within the ACC. Because she was saying people were sleeping on Pittsburgh, that they often get overlooked. So we talked about Pat Narduzzi. She said... Dave Clawson and Wake Forest is the most disrespected and okay. the most slept on. And I said that had to be the only take that matters to you, one Wes Bryant, <laughs> being a demon deacon yourself. What candidates would you say are up there for the most disrespected figures within ACC coming into this year? Well, of course, like I said, starting with the guy that we're about to interview when you talk about Riley Leonard and the Duke Blue Devils, uh, I feel like their team as a whole has been uh, disrespected all offseason. I don't know how you go 9-4, and four, put a sound beating on Central Florida, a program that's been as good as anybody over the last four to five seasons. That's right. So I'd probably start with them. We know Wake Forest. Listen, man, I'm used to that since forever. I mean, they're always going to get the disrespect as well. So I agree uh, with Taylor there. And, and Pittsburgh, too, she made some great observations there. Pitt's another program that's been really good year, year in, year out, two years removed from an ACC championship. All right, so let's go to the body work. Plus guest hotline now and welcome Duke quarterback Riley Leonard to Wesson Walker. Riley, thanks so much, man. How's your day going? It's going great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it. I got to open up with the comment that is probably <laughs> going the most viral of anything anybody said so far oh, in ACC man. Media Here Days. We well, I mean, look, it's a great comment. It's also something you don't see a whole lot. Right. You've asked your mother to talk trash to you in order to build <laughs> some kind of kind of adversity to go through. Explain, right? Yeah, that's right. So this has actually been happening for a long time. So in high school, everybody wants to give me so much praise, and I kind of got tired of it. I was like, hey, somebody's got to tell me I suck every once in a while. And my mom was like, hey, I'll take it. Oh, so she offered to do it. She, she, yeah. And, and and let me tell you, she's she's like the sweetest lady ever. So it's kind of hard for her, I, as you can imagine. She's like, I love you. You suck. I, I love you still. <laughs> but it's 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 been really fun to run with. I actually, I have the bracelet here that she made for me. Um, and 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 this time right now, with all these lists that come out and have me, you know, rank super high that I'm super grateful for, it's easy for me to become complacent. And, and to buy into that and become distracted. So looking down, I always just look back at that. Riley, one, okay, so you have a bracelet that says you suck on it, right. and you're looking at that during actual regular season games. <laughs> and the other thing is, as you're looking at that, you're hearing your mom's voice in the background, and thats it's almost like the best water boy copy and paste method I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's yeah. fantastic. The other thing is, I don't know if anybody expected you to do what you did last year. It felt like you guys were going through some adversity, not having high expectations, having Mike Elko come in as a new coach, no one thought you were going to have as many wins as you did. And so now everybody is singing your praises, singing Mike Elko's praises. And so how different is this offseason compared to the one that you went through last oh, year? Oh, it's, it's, it's night and day. It's, it's really tough. 
especially for me, last year at this time, I didn't know if I'd ever play a snap at Duke. I never, I, I didn't know if I'd ever end up scoring a touchdown. Um, so, so it's completely different for me in my mindset. Um, it's important for us to stay ground, grounded and, and remember what our edge is. So two things that remind me of Duke football is one, our work ethic. Um, we're going to get out there and get after people. We're obviously not the biggest, not the fastest, not these four or five-star recruits, but we will outwork you in the offseason. And number two is FBI's football intelligence, something Coach Elko talks a lot about. We obviously have a you know smart group of guys because of the school that we're at. Everybody goes to Duke for a reason. So we need to just use that to our advantage and not you know get out of character of who we really are. Raleigh and I disappear and reappear on him. He just saw me just My a man. few minutes hey. ago and now we're back Nobody again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so this is the other job, Riley, okay? So asking you, at the end of the season, you guys beat Central Florida, a program that's been as good as anybody over the last four or five years, and you guys beat them soundly. What was the mood in the locker room when that game ended and heading into the offseason? How much did that spearhead you guys as offseason? Yeah, we wanted that game so bad. We hadn't won a bowl game in I don't know how many years years so to go up there in Annapolis and, and win in the, in the military bowl obviously supporting the troops and it was just an incredible experience as a whole that's what led into the offseason um, you know if we had lost that game it kind of would have left a bad taste in our mouth but after that game we were just locked in because we know just how close we were to you know being even more successful I, I think we could have had 11 12 wins last year so we know what we're really capable of obviously playing a great team like UCF um, it was great to you know, get out there on top. All right, so tell me, man, just keep it real. Amongst you guys, you guys are returning 17 starters from a 9-4 and four yeah. football team, but yet you still see these polls. You guys are 8th, ninth, 7th. How much do you guys talk about that amongst each other? Is there a guy on the team that comes in? <laughs> Everybody may not do it, but is there, is there a guy that comes in that's like, man, look at this, man, they, they keep disrespecting us. This is trash. Like, how much do you guys kind of look at that? Maybe not necessarily give it all the credence in the world, but you that as fuel when you guys get tired and drills and things of that nature. Right, yeah, I'm sure there are a few people on the team that really buy into and use it as motivation, but uh, to be honest with you, the majority of us, if you put us first in the country, you put us last in the country, I mean, what difference does that make us whenever we go to the, into the next workout or going into the next practice? We cannot buy into that, and I think that's something that um, a lot of us have, have grown to know over the last couple of years, obviously being projected 2-10 and 10 last year. Um, you know, maybe that was a little bit of motivation for us. But whenever you start listening to too, too, too many things, that's when you start to become distracted from, you know, really what is the main thing. Riley Leonard, Duke quarterback, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Riley, you talked about how you didn't even know if you would play another snap at Duke as that transition was happening. How much thought did you give into transferring out of Duke when Dave Cutcliffe was let go? And what was it about Mike Elko that made you stick around? Yes, for me, uh, to be completely honest, I really didn't think about it at all. I know that's what everybody's going to say, but I'm a, I'm a guy that whenever I meet you and we go into the facility every day, my teammates, how can I how can I how can I leave you? These guys are family to me. How can I leave this education? It was such an easy decision for me. I mean, no one team hit me up twice. It was a does, is this guy interested? No, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to leave these guys. I know Coach Elko is going to come in. We're going to win football games. So. It, it was no problem. What was the selling moment for you? Or I guess, look, because there's some kind of camaraderie that does have to be built with the new coach. David Cutcliffe, we've talked to him a million ACC media days. The guy's fantastic. We yeah. love talking to him. Mike Elko comes in off of a weird situation, still 
a, somewhat of a legendary coach at Duke in yeah. Dave Cutcliffe. And yeah, then Mike Elko has some big shoes to fill, even if you didn't have as many wins the last couple of seasons. What was it about Mike Elko where you were able to buy into him because of what he was selling? Yeah, so I talk about it a lot. But Coach Elko's very first press conference, he got off the plane, went straight to our indoor facility, had this huge press conference, and preached the word now. And he said, we're going to win now. And once you hear that after meeting after meeting um, over and over again, you start to believe it. And uh, we carried that out throughout the whole offseason. We go into the first game, and it was true. We shut uh, Temple out to zero points and, and put up 30 ourselves on offense. But after that game, it was like, oh, my gosh, this guy really is um, who he says he is. He's going to win football games here at Duke. So that was the huge mindset and a huge culture change for us. Labor Day, you guys have the Clemson Tigers coming in there, and I can't think of a bigger game in the history of Duke football as far as regular season is concerned, or at least in recent memory. It's going to be a huge game because of what you guys did last year. Yep. You've got Clemson, and you know what they represent coming in. Is this team ready for that? How excited are you guys uh, for an opportunity like that to start yep. the season off and make that kind of a statement? Because I picked you guys to beat them. He so, did. Man, it's true. Got? I heard saying it. Yep. Maybe the only one. <laughs> you uh, you hit it right on right right the hammer on the head when you said opportunity. Um, this is an opportunity and less of a challenge. Everybody says, oh, your 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 schedule this year that's a real challenge for you guys. No, it's an opportunity to prove to the country that we're not a one-year team. Last year, um, obviously had a great year, but we're here to stay. Coach Elko, obviously signing um, an extension in his contract, he's here to stay. All these players, like I say who have the eligibility to come back, come back. We're here to stay. We're here to win football games for a long time. All right, man, so take me into uh, your offseason as far as, yeah, you had a great season last year, as I've said all the time, one of three quarterbacks in the FBS with 20-plus passing touchdowns, 11-plus rushing touchdowns. W what was that film room like for you when you went into the offseason and said, I need to get better here? What's probably the number one thing you would say that you focused on to add to your game? Yeah, tangibly, I would say just arm strength, um, and how to control a football game. Uh, something, something I've really focused on is getting four yards to play. I know that sounds crazy, but I keep my job as simple as possible. Get four yards of play. You'll average out a first down. You'll create drives. Get playmakers the ball. Don't, don't make it so complex. All right, man. That's Riley Leonard, quarterback for Duke. Yeah, West picking Duke to beat Clemson right off the bat. We don't think you suck, Riley. I know your mom <laughs> says that. We don't think you Not suck at all. whatsoever. This was great. We appreciate your time. Thanks, right, Riley. Thank you guys so much. All right, man. Riley we'll Leonard, quarterback for Duke, helping us out here on West and Walker. Let's just keep it rolling, man. Let's talk about that game because here we are discussing the higher-profile non-conference matchups, but, man, you have one right off of the bat in conference. Yes. And it's a fun slate with some of these teams opening up the way they do. Here we are doing our team week in anticipation leading up to North Carolina, South Carolina kicking off. But that's the one you just mentioned it in you having the Blue Devils beating Clemson. I have Clemson winning, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's not crazy. I have been just alongside you, and the Duke does seem to be getting disrespected far more than I thought they would. Like I, I thought that this was going to be the year that mm -hmm. everybody started to buy in, and it seems like this is someone that is keeping everything in perspective. Yeah, not only that, man, they've got a lot of high-end players you know the ACC digital network I've talked about that uh, coming up here soon we will have the ACC DN top 25 players for 2023 and it's going to feature more Duke players on it than we've had probably since I've been 
they're working. You're talking about Jalen Calhoun out at wide receiver, another wide receiver that you probably haven't heard of that's been a really productive player for some years. Graham Barton, pro football focus, the only offensive tackle in the country with an 85-plus grade pass blocking and run blocking. And he had, I believe it was 14 or 15, uh, quote-unquote, big-time blocks, and that was a good separation away from the guy who was second under him. So this is a guy that could probably have his name called in the first round. Dwayne Carter on the defensive line is a big-time player as well. Dwayne so, Carter? Yeah, Dwayne Carter. It's fantastic. Did I say the wrong name? No, you didn't. Oh, it okay. reminds me of a certain rapper's name. That's all <laughs> yes, <saying>. yes. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Carter, the best defensive tackle alive. Maybe he said that to be like yes. Wayne, okay? Uh, but this is a guy also that is a ball player. So that's why if this game was at Clemson, then I would probably go with Clemson. But the fact that this is going to be at Duke on Labor Day with them coming off a 9-4 and season, 17 starters returning, hope is floating in Durham, that place is going to be a madhouse. And so when teams play in environments like that, I like to go with the home team. They're experiencing season, and this is a very much chip-on-your-shoulder program. They say it, and you can see it. They're looking at this game as this is the opportunity for everybody that said that we aren't what we were last year. We're going to show you tonight. And so I like all those intangibles to go along with the tangible of that atmosphere to get that victory. I got a thumbs down for my Clawson's Creek joke I made about Wake Forest <laughs> playing games on CW. Can I get some love for my Wheezy F baby and the F is for football? Can yeah. we do that? Is that okay what? with I like the Clawson's Creek Thank you. Boy. Thank you. I, I appreciate like it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Fitty. Thank you. Uh, I, love, I it. love it. All right, let's switch over to some Carolina Panthers conversation because it's the first day of practice down at Spartanburg. It just coincides with ACC kickoff, but we have some time to talk about the Carolina Panthers, what people are saying. You got a lot of comments coming from Frank Reich, from Scott Fitterer, Jonathan Mingo, Bryce Young, Brian Burns talking about his contract situation. So you're hearing from a lot of the more notable figures going down and practicing for the first day. I did want to go to this tweet real quickly from Joe Person. He said it took 14 years, but finally found someone unfazed by Spartanburg's heat and humidity. Jonathan Mingo, he said, I'm from Mississippi. It's actually hotter in Mississippi. <laughs> it's fine for me. Yeah, there's not too many of them, but maybe somebody from Mississippi. I've talked about having to visit my mom who lived in the Florabama section of the world okay. where it is all nothing but swamp, muggy, heat. Spartanburg is very much like that. But as we talk about someone like Jonathan Mingo, I imagine he's going to be one of the more intriguing players down in Spartanburg. Yeah, I think that he is for sure. We've heard about how advanced he is because that's the thing. Receiver has long been thought to be one of the tougher positions for guys to come in and thrive at. And so this is a guy that you're hearing all the things that you want to hear, that he's a gym rat, he's got the chemistry with Bryce Young, that he's going to contribute early, that he could take somebody's job. We've heard it all coming out of many campus so now is the time and I'm not going off one-on-ones I can't stand when everybody wants to post those one-on-one oh, yeah. -on -one clips with the drill kind of veered towards the offense and I'm an offensive guy but when you have those type of drills receivers can do 16 different moves before the quarterback throws the ball <laughs> so I'm not going to go off that but just what is he going to do in these games uh, how quickly is he going to assimilate to that offense that's one of the big storylines because I think this is a guy that if he is what they're saying that he is with that size and that ability He's going to be able to contribute from day one. 
Um, so as we talked about at the beginning of the show, Brian Burns, we mentioned him talking about his contract situation. He was speaking with Will Kunkel earlier today, and Will just posted this actually five minutes ago. Will asked him, so why are you showing up to camp while you're in somewhat of a contract dispute trying to get the bag and get the bigger money like Nick Bosa is, as well as Zach Martin while playing a different position, but also one of the best players at his position doesn't feel like he's play, uh, getting paid like it, so he's not participating in these drills. And Brian said to Will, I definitely want to be here. I just want to be with my bot, uh, with be with my guys. Excuse me. We got hmm. something special going on. I know that I'm a big key to whatever we got going on, and I have to be here regardless. What does that attitude say to you about Brian Burns? I know you're with guys holding out to make sure they get paid because mm -hmm. you actually do hold out for borderline a bigger purpose mm -hmm. so other guys can get paid a little more as well. But I think Nick Bosa is going to take care of that mm -hmm. as soon as that happens, and mm -hmm. so he's holding out. Brian Burns is here. The team in Carolina is not suffering any holdout like uh -huh. San Francisco or Dallas is. Yeah, I think this speaks to a guy, a tenured player who wants to set an example. I think that's what we're talking about. And I think this is also a guy who has great faith in the organization that he plays for. I think that's the two things that I glean from what Brian Burns is doing. He's saying, listen, I'm just going to come out here and play football, take care of what I can take care of, one of those uh, football sayings that you hear a lot. And then I'm going to let the organization and, and my faith take care of the contract and the bag that I'm about to get. So I think that's what that says about Brian Burns. Uh, I think this is a guy that knows that it's coming. He's just going to let everything take care of itself and get the job done. So I want to make this point, too, that I hope Carolina holds up their end on the people part of this side. Because if Brian Burns, look, there's no rule to say that Carolina has to give in to anything. There's zero rule. And you know that a lot of these teams might try to do as much as they can to create an advantage, especially with their payroll. And I'm not saying they're going to do that with Brian Burns. I just hope that all of this is done in good faith, especially on the Panthers' part. Because what Brian Burns is doing is he's showing up to work. He's going down to Spartanburg where even if Jonathan Mingo doesn't think it is, it's pretty damn hot. It's pretty damn miserable. Yeah. I have to imagine, even if you are practicing in the mornings, you still got the shoulder pads on. You still got the helmet on. The sweat gets in your eyes. You can't wipe it away because you have sweat on your forearms. It's brutal, okay? So when he's going and he's showing up, and he's doing the thing that a lot of vets don't want to do, as yeah. I've heard from plenty of Panther vets that said they did not like reporting to Wofford. So he's doing it right now. And he's got as good of an excuse as anybody to not go down there, but he is. Will Carolina make good on their end of the bargain? pay him like a top five edge rusher in the NFL, even if we wouldn't rank him number five, even if we would have some of those guys in front of him, I have to imagine that this is done in good faith on Brian Burns' part. Will Scott Fitter, will David Tepper, will Samir Suleiman, will that party do their best and trying to make this happen for Brian Burns and make him one of the higher-paid edge rushers in all of football. Well, no question about it, because you don't want to be contradictory. You don't want to come out here and say, no, we didn't trade you for two first-round picks when we had the chance. Yeah, now's no, not the we did play. not include you in the trade that could have gotten us, that did get us the number one pick, and then now we don't want to pay you. We don't value you as such. You may not be number one in the NFL, but you're certainly number one uh, to the Carolina Panthers, and so I think for them, they know that they need to get 
get this done. They know that this is going to be a very, very large contract, to say the least. And the thing is, they're in a good position. I don't think they're going to be tripping off of it too much because Brian Burns is a younger player, still relatively young, and they have a rookie quarterback. You don't have to worry about giving him uh, the big Brinks truck contract for quite some time, so you can do this. And by the time that it's uh, your turn to pay your quarterback Brian Burns is going to be close to have restructured it already and, and, and all of the trimmings that go with having a big deal so I think they're in a good spot and they know that and that's why they're going to get this thing done so here we are talking about big deals I'm glad you brought up Bryce Young on this rookie deal right now because if he lives up to the hype if he is someone that reaches the expectations that come with being the number one overall pick then he's going to be making well above $50 million a year. Mm -hmm. We just saw the contract handed out to Justin Herbert, who is now the highest three-year per average paid quarterback in the NFL. You see what he's making, $52.5 million, as we saw that contract come in yesterday. Justin Herbert got paid. I wanted to bring up another contract that was dished out yesterday. How about Andrew Thomas signing a record-setting five-year extension to play left tackle for the New York Giants? If you'll remember Andrew Thomas, a Gettleman pick, comes in his rookie season and actually doesn't live up to the hype. Struggles a little bit. I would say Iki Aquanu was a better left tackle his rookie season than was Andrew Thomas. But now here we are seeing two contracts to me, Wes, that will come at the other end of this, affecting Carolina's quarterback and their left tackle. Two of the most important positions that you can have on a football team. So if Iki Aquanu is on the same timeline as an Andrew Thomas, which is very easy to see. He had a better rookie year than Thomas did, and you can see those big old jumps. And you've seen a lot of left tackles come in, play well right away, and then get to all pro level their second year. Does Icky have that kind of growth where we see him get real Pro Bowl votes, and justifiably so, while Bryce Young is coming along nicely as well? And then both of those contracts hit big right at the same time. Remember, we have to pay Brian Burns, and we got to pay Derek Brown. This is a good problem to have, by the way. It means you're hitting on your draft picks in the first round. This is true. But this is always a consequence in what makes the NFL so hard in a salary cap-driven league. It's why there's so much parity constantly. you got to try to figure out ways to save some money. You have your opportunity now with Bryce Young on a rookie deal, as you mentioned. But once we get three, four, five years down the line, and it's time to pay him, and it's time to pay Iki Aquanu, it'll be interesting to see how they navigate all of this. But, of course, Wes, you got to hit on those guys before this becomes a real problem. No question. And so with Iki Aquanu, you know that's another guy you're going to have to pay. There's absolutely no question about that, especially when they bring up the size of your quarterback and talking about yeah. how much protection he needs. So he's going to be of the utmost uh, importance. But like you said, it just means that the Panthers are hitting on those picks. And I think that, too, that's why the sooner the better you get their Brown done, you get uh, Brian Burns done because by the time you get to paying a Bryce Young and a Iki Aquanu, then you're going to have a lot more figured out about those two players' career when I talk about Brown and Burns, and also by then you can do the restructuring and all yeah. the playing around that you're going to need to be able to do to make those deals happen and have uh, a form of formidable roster as far as what you're paying everybody. I saw a tweet talking about how six years ago, Derek Carr was the highest paid quarterback in the league at $25 million per year. Now we're more than double that with Justin Herbert. 
Where are we going to be when Bryce Young is going to get paid at that kind of level, assuming he hits? $218 million in guaranteed money is in Justin <laughs> Herbert's contract. Yeah, 100%. So four years from now, I would venture to say you're going to be talking 260 maybe $270 million I mean, in guaranteed gonna... money if he turns out to be a quarterback of that ill. So if he's if he's a top five guy, then we're talking about what? Uh, are we approaching 75 mil? If we're, Are we just going to go up $25 million in six years? The Panthers would have to try to do something like what the Chiefs did with Mahomes. He, he, they would have to go yeah. with a 10-year, 8-10-year deal and give him uh, something crazy to be able to stretch that thing out and do it because we know the salary cap on the NFL grows every year and it might not be 260, 270, but I would venture to say we would be in a 250-ish guaranteed money range by the time Bryce Young comes up for his deal and if he hits on everything they want him to. So yeah, man, and then the annual average salary, I mean, if Herb is getting 52. Yeah, I mean, we're I mean, getting, talking getting 70. 70. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm 70 saying. Mil, no, that's so. absolutely not. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he gets there, though, again. It's Jalen all, Brown money. They're all good problems to have. As long as he <laughs> is good enough to warrant $70 million a year, I will take that 100% of the time. It's Weston Walker with one more segment to go before Kyle Bailey takes over. Stick around one more time. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a loaded Kyle Bailey show coming up next. You just heard him. He's going to be on air at 3 p.m. He's going to be with you for the next three hours. He just was at Spartanburg. He said is it, it is especially hot today. So it's, it, it, it's, <laughs> Especially it's, it's, hot. It's a different kind of hot. Now, we've been here, of course, live at the Westin for ACC kickoff. I walked in, Wes. I immediately go to the registration table. They gave me an option this year, more so than just giving me the goodie bag and saying be on your merry way. The option was umbrella or fanny pack mm -hmm. you were met with the same decision i imagine yes. right i chose umbrella for the first time <laughs> like i just have so many fanny packs from uh -huh. these media events mm -hmm. the charlotte hornets they're always really cool but they love giving away fanny packs i was like look i feel like i gotta make the grown-up decision i don't have an umbrella the last few times that i've looked for one in the last year i have not been able to find one so I went with an umbrella, man. What'd you go with? Uh, well, you know what? I made an executive decision this year. For one, I wasn't thrilled with the fanny pack. I did want it, but, uh, you know, man, I, I had to rep the DM, man. The, the ACC network, I, I just couldn't do it. You know, as they say in the streets, uh, what, what are you the saying? ops. Okay. You know, so I, could, I couldn't rep the ops like that, man. I said, I, I got to just, I just keep it. If it has ACC on it, I'm good, but ACC network, I can't do it. Wait, I'm ACC DM. Are you saying you didn't choose anything at I didn't all? choose anything. So you're you're just saying you, you let him have table. it. You let I him did. have it. I want to put it back on the table. I, I felt like I couldn't pass anything up that was free. But I have been looking for an umbrella. And I don't know if anybody else is like yeah. this. But I just, if it's pouring rain, 
I, I just you don't just, grab one. You just tough it out. I right? just tough it out. I, you know what's funny that you say that, and I feel like I've gotten the other way. I used to be that way, but now when it's raining hard, I'm like, now, if I'm out and I get caught bad, like one day I was at Walmart recently, yeah, yeah. starts pouring as I'm getting ready to walk. I got groceries in the car, the whole nine. I'm sitting there, and I mean, I mean, it's raining cats and dogs. And I said, man, I said, I can either go out in this and just get soaked. I said, I can try to wait it out. Because, you know, when you get the hard rains, it lasts about five, ten minutes, <laughs> like in Florida. Yep. But then I said, man, I'm not sitting here waiting all day. I'm just going to go on out here and uh, get this thing done, and I got soaked. But now, if it's already raining before I get out the car, I will grab the umbrella A for it, 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 Yeah, 100%. D despite <laughs> what people think about you, you are older than me, mm -hmm. and it felt like a big-time adult decision that I made because mm -hmm. I really, as I was thinking about it while you were talking, I really don't think I've ever carried my own umbrella. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever had one, ever, in history. Mm -hmm. And it felt like this was the time. I had a choice, and I decided, you know what? Enough with the fanny packs given out at media days and for the beginning of the season, the kickoffs, the tip-offs, all sorts of stuff. I decided that I will be dry during raining season, and now I can thank the ACC yeah, kickoff man. for that. Yeah, so. you got to do it. I keep it in the car, too. That's the best place to keep it. If you keep it in a house, you're going to forget it. Yep. Um, 100%. The other choice that we have is the one we already made. None of us decided to go to the ACC reception or the dinner, <laughs> the, the party last night. Yes. The tailgate party that took place, it looked popping. It looked like a lot of people it went. It really did. Wes, you and I were a little scared because we're going tonight. I think Fiddy's going to join us. I think Flounder's going to come out as well. But I was hoping that it would still bring out the same amount of people. You tend to think that we are still going to have a nice turn. It will, yeah, because tomorrow, the thing is, the momentum that we have going into tomorrow, Carolina's coming, Clemson's coming. It's going to be lit, mm -hmm. as they say. So, yeah, I think it's going to be good, but I did look uh, on Vashti's story, yeah. and I saw it. I said, man, they got props this year and little photo areas. They're doing social media stuff. Normally, you just come in the dinner. It's a nice vibe when they would have it over at the Regents building, nice little rooftop vibe. But now, this is the real rooftop merchant and trade, a place that I love, one of my favorite places to go in charlotte props social media stations you yeah. know we got to do it oh, we got to get fitty on it i figured uh the little twirly thing that they do i've done <laughs> that before with my girl but uh yeah so it looks like it's going to be a good time man so i think we're going to be well i don't think we're going to be out there That's tonight right. uh representing and we're going to put it on the story so you guys can see because you know we love to bring you the behind the scenes and uh, we'll let you know how it goes down at ACC kickoff after the sun goes down, babe. There you go. I hope we made the right decision. I hope that there's still a good turnout. Fiddy, how excited are you? Because this, I believe, is going to be your first ever ACC kickoff party or tailgate event that you've ever been to, right? I kicked it to Fiddy, and he wasn't there. He wasn't even there. But yep. you know what, though? I'll tell you another reason why I think it's going to be because you have a lot more media coming in for these teams today. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so they're going to go tonight. So it'll be a different crowd for the most part, but it's going to be uh, pretty live, I think, when you got Carolina, Clemson's media coming in as well. I've been seeing some of the Clemson people pulling up, too. What you got, Smoke? Because hey, we want you to bash come out. Bash him for not being available. No, we no, asked you to come out. Hang on, uh, you know I'll be I'll be fitty here. So you know Walker West, great <laughs> that we're gonna be here. Hopefully they'll have some sage brush. Oh, oh yeah. Brush. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm here for it all. The producer pettiness. I love it. I wish Smoke was coming out though, because now I we're know, gonna clown you. Why you? You've got it's too gonna much be work going to on until like t 11, man. Like, no, well, well, now what I saw was apparently they kicked you out at nine and you had to go somewhere else. Oh. I did see that. So if we were to party till 11, Smoke, would you come out and party with us? Maybe. 
Maybe. I don't think you would. I think you are clowning us right now. I don't think there's any way that you would come and Possibly. hang out. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, though, because at 9 o'clock, I'm probably still putting some stuff up here for tonight because no. we got a lot of stuff on uh, the Kyle Bailey show coming up here. All right. I think Fiddy is back. I, I'm going to do this again. Maybe the shame will be on me for trying <laughs> this twice, but I'm going to go back to the Planet Kia Studios. One, Fiddy, what did you think of Smoke's impression of you? And two, how excited slash nervous are you about tonight? Uh, I mean, Smoke did a did a, a good job, but there's only one fitty at WFNZ, and it's certainly not him. That's true. <laughs> I'm excited to eat. Nervous about how uncomfortable Wes could maybe make us because, you know, he's going to try to big time us and leave us to go hang out with oh. some other people. <laughs> um, and, and Walker, I'll do this to you on the air because I told you in the break. The reason why I was not ready to talk was our promotions guy was back in here wanting to know when we were going to do that ticket giveaway. So how about we end the show with that, huh? Uh, that's what I thought we were going to do. End the show with a ticket giveaway. Do you want to do that right now so we can give it on over to the Kyle Bailey show? Yeah, that'll work. We right. need the 10th texter to text in Steamboat. If you heard Willie P on with us yesterday, we're starting the Steamboat Willie P narrative as he's the <laughs> voice of Charlotte FC. The 10th texter to text in Steamboat gets tickets to this Saturday's match at Bank of America Stadium as they compete in League's Cup competition. Text in Steamboat to get some tickets, 704-570-9610, and that will do it for Wesson Walker. We'll be out here tomorrow from 12 to 3, live once again with a plethora of ACC teams being available to talk to the players, the coaches, more quarterbacks. We got it all for you, and so does Kyle Bailey after returning from Spartanburg. He's a renaissance man. He's back here to talk about some more ACC football as well as the Carolina Panthers. It's coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.